Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to another week of the Coffee Break podcast. I hope your week's been a good one and that you've hit the milestones you set for yourself. We're now entering December and the countdown to Christmas, a time that I've come to embrace and enjoy as much now as when I was a child. Perhaps it's the fact that I now have children that means I can enjoy it more with them. But I also think there's been a shift in my business mentality in relation to the Christmas period. In my earlier years in recruitment, I fell out of love with the holiday period, mainly because it got in the way of making deals. Clients had other things on their mind. Generally, they stopped any recruitment from the first or second week of the month. And if you're chasing that target, then that's never a good thing. But now I embrace it, I recognize it, and I use it to my advantage. Firstly, I find clients are generally in a more relaxed mood and are open to discussing their plans and ideas for the following year. The clients, too, are under less pressure, as their clients are often in the same position, i.e. not pushing quite as hard. Equally, this time of year gives you the time to take stock and review your plans and where you've got to over the last 12 months and where you want to go in the next 12 months. I've often noted on this podcast that you need to set aside time to work on your business. And I find that the period in and around Christmas is a perfect time for that. Generally, people are making targets for their new year. And whilst I'm never a big believer in New Year's resolutions, this time does give you a great push to get some proper goals for next year. So as we enter the next month, ask yourself three big questions. Where would you want to be in three years' time? What can you do in the next year that will get you moving towards that point? and what things are stopping you delivering on that target next year. When you have your answers to these questions, you can start to see a plan for the year, the target for the year, and the areas you need to work on to achieve that target. The three-year time frame I use is one I found which is in reach. Some people often use five years, but that always feels a bit too far in the future for me. With a three-year window, you can, in my opinion, see how the steps would lay out to get you there. That doesn't stop you having a big, hairy goal above all of that, But I think a three-year time window is probably the best for thinking about more dramatic changes in lifestyle. Remember, this is purely for you. It needs to be about you and not have any link to your current desk, employer, etc. If you think you can get there with your current company, then great. But if not, it needs to be one of those issues that you tackle. And this brings us on to topic one for this week. I was very privileged to be on a training program a week ago with some of the most dynamic leaders in our industry. The session was on the idea of how to get your business or company to deliver on the goals you want for yourselves. I spoke to the stat before on this podcast that shows that so few agencies get sold for any significant amount of money. It's 0.2% of agencies, for those that don't know. 
But when I speak to people starting out on their own, they always seem to have that view that they'll sell in the end. This trading program I was on suggested another route, using your business to fund your future. It all started with what's called the magic number. I will be bringing the person who delivered the course on the podcast in the next week or so, so I won't steal all their thunder now. But at a high level, the magic number is a figure you need in assets to be able to live out your life in comfort. By that I mean a figure that will generate an income per year that you feel is what you will need to continue to live without working. As with most things financial, due to compound interest, the earlier you start these types of programs, the better you are. The number can be reached by anybody at any time. It's just a case of it being a bit higher if you're looking over a shorter time frame. Once that magic number has been developed, all your business plans can be built from it. The goal becomes to hit or exceed that number. Remember that number is net of any other costs or your salary. The idea is that it isn't money needed to grow the company or to pay salaries. It's just for you to take out and invest in your future. It's amazing how the number can then add up. I sat with one person on the course who was in his 20s and had set up their own recruitment business. They ran their number and based on their current run rate, they'd be hitting the magic number figure before they were 45, all without even trying to sell their business. In effect, they would have made much, much more than 99.8% of agencies getting sold just by running the magic number as their plan and using that as their target. The benefit of this system is it doesn't close out any options. You can still sell if you want. You can grow, employ staff as much as you want. The number is simply gives you that end goal each year, that target to aim for. If you want to change your plans and your number, then the calculations are simple. So you can always tweak. And as other things come along, like children and family, you can add to the number or take away if you need to. I now have that magic number for me. And all of my planning work this month will be looking to achieve that first step on the road to next year. I hope some of you will join me on that journey. And perhaps some of you, after our podcast in the next couple of weeks, will get your own magic numbers. So now moving on to topic two for this week. Contingent or not contingent? That is the question. Those of you who are long-time listeners to this podcast will know that I think, as an industry, we massively undervalue ourselves in terms of the work we do and how we do it. When you compare us to accountants and lawyers, our structure and methods of getting work are light years apart. And in some cases, lawyers and accountants are left behind by us in recruitment. When do you think the last time an accountant or lawyer made a cold call? When do you think they hunted a target as they knew they could help them and finally got that opportunity? I suspect there won't be many in either profession who've put their hands up to say that they've done that. Yeah, I suspect many recruitment consultants do that on a weekly basis. However, the main difference between those sectors and recruitment is the way they price and value their work. I've never heard of an accountant taking a risk at the end of your account's delivery, nor have you ever heard of a solicitor who will go to work for a company full-time without some form of retainer. Sure, both companies do work at risk, but when you look at that, they take huge fees for that risk. Think of a no-win, no-fee solicitor. They are typically taking 30 to 40% of everything they get for their clients. So if they get an award of a million dollars or a million pounds, they're getting $400,000 or pounds for that work. In other words, when there is a risk, their fees go up. I would also note in the cases where they are working at risk, the only risk is whether they will win or not. It's not that some other lawyer or accountant will come along and win the case before they can do so, thus removing any possible income away from them. In other words, their risk is that they can't deliver. And I'm pretty sure even in these risky cases, the lawyers review or the accountants review the cases before and the workload and then work out whether they want to take on the work or not, whether the risk is worth it. Then we come to recruitment and we find the exact opposite. Our clients ask us to work at risk, often competing against many different agencies. And some of those agencies aren't going to be playing by the rules. If we do happen to win, 
the client would expect us to take a fraction of our ideal fee for the pleasure of getting some work. And many consultants take that and say, thank you very much, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Can I do more of the same for you? We put the plow with the client, even though we are the experts. We're the ones that know the market. We know how tough it will be to find the person they need, and we know the issues they will have if they throw the role out to lots of agencies. No one will focus on it. No one will do much more than the basics to try and find that person. And yet somehow the client thinks that's the best way to go. Wouldn't it be better to start taking a leaf out of the lawyer's playbook and working to get locked in with a client on a retainer so that you can be there when they need you? And or when they want you to take on a risky role with lots of possible issues, then you make a case review, decide if it's worth your time, and if it is, decide what fee you would want to invest that time at risk. If you do this properly, the figure will be much, much higher than your standard contingency fee. My belief is that we in recruitment have the pricing model backwards. Those who operate at the search and headhunting end of the market charge 30 to 40% fees for what is in effect a simple process. Sure, there are lots of steps to find the right person, but they fundamentally know that when they do, they will be paid. There is no risk. Indeed, in many search contracts, it doesn't matter if you find a person, you're still going to get paid. Meanwhile, in the contingency world, consultants are fighting with each other for fees in the single digits that would take them hundreds of placements a year to hit a million pound year. However, those consultants are working at the most pointing end of the process. They're working on the hardest roles, often with little or no guarantee that the person even exists. And even if they do exist, whether they'll take the salary on offer. Those consultants should be charging 40% or more. Of course, I'm not naive enough to think this will ever change whilst there are still consultants out there who are willing to undervalue their skills so much they will say yes to anything. And there will always be clients that want to go that way. My job and that of my team is to find the clients who respect the value we bring and will pay us to deliver it. My suggestion to you, to try and do the same. It will bring you much better results in the long run. I hope you've taken something from today's coffee break. As I mentioned, we'll bring you that magic number interview very soon. So I highly recommend that you like and subscribe wherever you get this podcast so that you don't miss the interview. Believe me, it could change your life. As always, reach out to me on social media and we can discuss this week's topics in more detail there. I'm at Million Pound Biller in all the usual places. And until next week, enjoy the journey.